0: What is up y'all? It is your girl Chanel and welcome to episode 10 of season 2 of the to Talk with Chanel podcast. I know that there has been a delay in my episodes. Um, I believe my last episode entitled Why Not You was published end of the year, top of the year. And thank you so much for your listenership. That is one of my highest... Uh, listened to episodes or tuned into episodes, and that warms my heart. Um, Y'all, I feel like I had the podcaster's version of writer's block, if that makes sense. (laughs) There were several topics that I attempted to record. I might have tried recording this episode at least 15 times at this point from February up until now. And my spirit, my soul wouldn't let me publish those episodes. And I've been in a space in my life where I am really, really, really in tune with my gut and my spirit. And a lot of y'all that know me may be like, girl, you always talk about your gut never steers you wrong. And you listen to your gut. And that's true. But I've really been dialed into my intuitiveness and my guttural instincts and what that man upstairs is leading me and directing me to do and not, and what not to do, right? And so as much as I felt like these 20 attempts <laughs> or 15 attempts of me trying to record episode 10 were pretty decent in content, I had to follow those instincts to not put it out there to the public. And it's not that I was being super shady or judgmental or sitting on a soapbox, but for whatever reasons, maybe I was oversharing a little bit. Maybe there are certain areas within my life that I don't need to put out there like that. Maybe there are certain things and lessons that I am in the midst of learning that I don't need to share right now. So it's like for those kinds of reasons. I was like, nah, I can't put that up right now. So prayerfully and hopefully this episode is able to be published. (laughs) And what I wanna talk about is what I have learned thus far on my artistry journey. And um, I'm not gonna spill all the tea, so to speak, but I believe it is important for me to share some things that could be of help to any of you out there who are either embarking on an artist journey, thinking about embarking on an artist journey, or you're full on in it and still trying to figure stuff out, you know, as y'all know, the day ones know, I'm not the kind of person that likes to learn certain life lessons or get certain gems of wisdom through others and just keep it to myself. I feel and believe that it is my duty to pay it forward and to share certain things. Um, Like I said, I ain't going to give you all the tea, right? I I do feel and believe that there are certain experiences we all need to have on our own and learn from, but there are also other things that we face and go through in life where it is meant for us to share with others. And so that's exactly what I'm planning on doing tonight <laughs> or this morning. It's about one eleven in the morning at this point. Y'all yeah, know how I do. And so to make a long story short, for those who may be new to the to Talk with Chanel podcast, all of 2021, a big part of the projects and the goals that I was working on was... um to complete a song with a singing group that I had been a part of off and on for 20 years. And so we were recording a song with my favorite artist ever. I'd like to consider him to be a mentor in some way to me, Doobie Powell. Um, I was able to bring all of us together. And by us, it's three of us that make up Mahogany Blends, formerly known as Blends of Soul, AKA Blends. (laughs) And um, we all agreed to come together to complete a single, to, to do a song, and um, to see what, come, what, what would come of it, as well as to finally have an original song that we wrote and arranged together collectively um, to put out there. You know, we've been singing since college days. It's how we met at Nyack College. Shout out to all my Nyackers who may be listening to this episode and um you know i always believed that we had something very special and something rare and um for years you know i was trying to get us together to to do original songs and i'm just so thankful that 2021 in the midst of a pandemic we were able to make it happen with a producer artist composer legend himself doobie powell that we all love and respect um especially what he has contributed to the music industry on the gospel side. And, you know, he's done a, a great job of making a lane for himself. And he is a musician, musician. He's a true artist. Y'all know how I feel. Many people can sing, but not a lot of people know how to really be an artist. He's someone who could sang his face to the ground, but he's also an artist, artist, and he's a musician. And so it was amazing working with him. I'm proud of the ladies of Mahogany Blends and I for being able to accomplish that goal that I have been trying to make happen for a very long time. (laughs) And, um, you know, so we worked from a majority of 2021 and around November, right before Thanksgiving, we kind of put a pin in things and we were able to speak at the top of the year, first quarter of the year. And decided that it's best that we still have a pin in it. And so I don't believe that we will ever close the door fully as far as we will never be a group and sing together. But we collectively believed that it was meant for us to kind of just put a pin in it. And everybody continue to really develop as individual artists and to, you know, go on their own journey, so to speak, whatever that is. And so at that point, I recognized that singing was no longer just a hobby for me. This was something that I really wanted to pursue on a professional level, and I felt this sense of urgency to do so. And I had been working with a management team that I was referred to work with back in April of last year to sing references for their songwriter. They had an amazing songwriter and still have an amazing songwriter who they manage. However, he is not a singer. And so in order to shop these great songs that he had written and arranged to some degree, you know, um, and I say to some degree because when you're not a singer, it's kind of hard to fully arrange a song vocally, but he did come up with the lyrics and the melody, um, melodies to his songs. And I came in and was paid to literally sing his songs so that they can shop it to record labels, artists, put it in the database where, you know, if you're looking for a song for your artist, like say you're an A&R, let's say you're an artist yourself and you have access to this database, you're able to kind of choose from what's there. And, you know, so that was my job. I was like, hey, you know, at that point I was a new mother Um, and I was already recording with the ladies of Mahogany blends, you know, for the single that we had been working on. We'd started recording a month prior to me getting this new gig. And I'm like, why not this? Why not get paid to do the very thing you love to do, Chanel? You love to sing. Why not get paid for it? Right. And so I was working with the management team, uh, comprised of two managers and, you know, after maybe i would say a month, month and a half, you know, they started to get more of a sense of my talent and get a sense of who i am as a person. We still continue to work together. I'm still in and out of the studio throughout 2021, you know, singing references for their songwriter. And at some point, i think on my end and on their end, you know, they had already made it clear to me that they felt like i was talented and that they would be interested in managing me based off of what it was I wanted to do. And I kinda was really in group mode, really in the mode or frame of mind of, I'm all in with mahogany blends and this is what I'm doing right now. I don't mind singing references and getting a little coin on the side for that, but my focus is not to be a solo artist, my focus is about this group right now. But, you know, I never turned it down. I never closed the door. I left the door open, right, um, with regards to working with them in a different capacity. But I wanted to take my time because I wanted to really get a full scope of what they were about, who they were as people, as individuals, as a management team collectively, as well as who they, how they moved, essentially. And I also felt it was necessary for them to get a sense of who I was as a person um, as well as who I was as an artist. You know, I always say to people, I am not your average artist. And when I say that, not to discredit average, right? Because a lot of times we tend to deem the word average as less than and it's not. So when I say I'm not your average artist, it means I'm not your usual artist, especially when we're talking the inspirational gospel lane, right? I don't have the traditional sound. I do not sing in a way where it is known for gospel singers to sing. My aesthetic is a lot more neo soul, Jilly from Philly, Erica Badu, Chanel, right? My vibe is more jazzy, my vibe is just different right um i can sing absolutely but i'm not the kind of singer that's going to be like "Ah!" like what typical gospel artists are known to be and i'm very particular because i know who i am as an artist um and so i wanted them to get a sense of who i was as an artist and who i was as a person right and you know my intentions in 2021 was all about, aside from what I do with Move With Finesse, with my sis, it was all about Mahogany Blends and working with the amazing Doobie Powell and completing this song, right? And, and seeing where this song could take us, right? If it was meant for us to really be a group on a professional level and to finally take it seriously. And so by the time the end of the year hit, by the time November hit, it was clear to me that it was meant for me to do this and go this alone. Now I'm somebody who is very comfortable working in partnerships and working with others. And I do still truly believe you can get more accomplished when you come together than when you just do it alone. However, when God puts an assignment on you, when there's a purpose that's over your life, a calling as the church folks like to call it, you know, it would behoove you to do what you need to do. And when it was clear that the girls and I were not on the same page with what it was we were trying to do, I knew, Chanel, this is not even, this is no longer a hobby for you. Like you really wanna do this. And so I said, if I'm gonna do this for real, for real, for real, for real, I am going to have to 100% be true to who I am as an artist from my sound sonically to vocally to lyrically because i am a songwriter as well to visually right but the fashions are going to be and hairstyles and and glam and and video shoots and photo shoots and everything that's going to represent me as an artist has to be true to who i really am i was not in the business of you know, being something that I wasn't because this particular type of inspirational artist is what's marketable, and this is the road to success in that space, right No it's either all of me a hundred percent or I'm not doing this kind of thing and I'm thankful you know that that management team and I, who are now my managers, that was official as of as of November, that we understand. The goal, the vision, they believe in me as an artist. They believe in my mission and the vision that I have. And they believe in my project. I've been in the studio since December of last year recording my album. And I am just super excited and stoked. And that leads me to the first thing that I have learned during this journey so far, because I'm definitely still on this journey. But you want to make sure that you have a team around you comprised of a few people. I do not believe you need to have all these people on your team, right? I was watching Real Housewives of Atlanta the other day and, you know, they're like, why does Drew Sedora have all of these assistants? And they must have counted like 10 people. Like, I don't need to roll like that. I'm cool with a very small group, small team, right? Of course, you want to have people who are competent. Um, but but it's important to have people who care about your well-being first and foremost, who are not all about the almighty dollar, where that's the only thing that motivates them. And um, people who really believe in your gifts and your talent, and they believe in your artistry, they believe in your vision, they believe in your mission, they believe in your why. That is super important. Many people, when it comes to picking managers really just go off of your resume. Oh, you work with this person and that person, this A-lister, that B-lister. Oh, you have a great resume. I wanna work with you because if that's what you were able to do for this person and they are clearly successful, then the odds are in my favor that you'll be able to do that for me. And don't get me wrong, if that is your perspective, I'm not judging you, I am not looking down on you because it makes logical sense. I'm someone that often has a very unpopular opinion and I maneuver through life just a little bit differently than most. But that works for me and has proven itself to work well for me. And I get that everybody has to do what's best for them. But my criteria in looking for managers was first and foremost, you care about my well-being over anything. And I'm not naive, right? We're all here to make money. We're all here to make a living. We all need to survive and thrive in these streets. I'm very clear on that. However, I want to surround myself and work with a team of people who first and foremost put my well-being at the top of the list. Not the almighty dollar, right? Not the bottom line. They understand that if my artist is happy, if my artist is healthy, if my artist is thriving, they're over well, good, their mental health is intact, they're good, then they are gonna give 200,000% each time, and we're all gonna eat and we're all gonna win, right? That's my perspective. It's also very important for me, for my management team and my overall team to believe in me, to believe in the mission and to believe in the vision, to believe in my why, right? Because when you buy into that, then you're gonna give as my team 2,000% each time because when I'm giving 2,000% as the artist and you're giving 2,000% as a supportive team that's, that's strategically placed around me, we're all gonna eat and we're all gonna win at the end of the day, right? And so that's my criteria. And I'm so thankful to have haphazardly, unintentionally bumped into a situation where I am now being managed as a solo artist by people who meet that criteria that I have. And I meet their criteria because managers come into the game and they come into the picture with their own criteria, with the kind of artists that they wanna work with, right? They love the fact, they often express this to me, that I'm open. I don't just shut things down off the rip. I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to hear. I'm willing to process before I say yay or nay, right? They they often tell me they love the fact that I'm humble, right? Meaning, whether you're giving me positive feedback or you're giving me critical feedback that could be deemed as negative feedback, I'm still going to be able to have humility regardless of what you know so if 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 someone is giving you a whole bunch of positive feedback depending on your personality depending on how humble you are that could gash you up and, and 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 really boost your ego and inflate your ego in a not so good way right and even on the other side of the spectrum When you get critical feedback that may be deemed as negative feedback, if you're not careful, that can also affect your ego to where you're like, they don't know who I am. I'm talented, please. This, that, that, that whoop-de-whoop, you know? Sidebar. So today I was watching Coco from SWV's son, J. Michael, his live, right? I tune into his, his YouTube vlogs, his vlogs on his YouTube channel, I tune into his Lives and his content overall on Instagram because I really am intrigued at how talented he is and the fact that you know he was raised by a legend. Like, say what you want to say, but Coco from SWV is a legend and she's still killing it out here on these stages, right? Um, and he was doing a live today, he had his first public performance. Maybe a week ago, he is gay, he's out about that. And he um, you know, pre- performed at a Pride show in Virginia. They live in Virginia. And he killed it. From the clips that I saw, he killed it. I didn't even know the young man could dance the way he could dance. He definitely can sing his face off. And he has the whole package as, as an artist, a true artist. He's a songwriter. He has all of the viable components. But look who his mother is, right? And so and I believe she's managing him as well. And so when he was on the live today, you know, he was talking about I think people were asking him, you know, what kind of music is he really listening to or into? And he was like, you know, a lot of artists and the music right now, they bore me. I'm bored. And, you know, I want to be able to contribute. And kind of get music back to that feeling to help get music back to how we felt about it in the 90s, where it just felt so good. Like music was such a true escape. It could change your mood, like the Job of the hat. You could have been having a horrific day and you listen to one of your favorite songs that came on the radio and your mood instantly changed. So I completely understood where he was coming from with, you know, wanting to kind of revive um, the the R&B side of the music industry and kind of bring back that, that feel that we don't really have anymore. He wants to be an artist who knows how to entertain. He referenced Beyonce and Michael Jackson and Usher. And from the clips that I saw of the show that he did, he did have that showmanship, right? That entertainer spirit. He has it. Where I started to slightly feel cringy and a little turned off, was when he started really tapping into that ego where he was like, in essence, like he came here to light a fire under the current artists who just get on the stage and just sing. They don't know how to entertain. Like he's here to shut it down. And I get it, right? That's almost like the bravado that hip hop has that you have to have when you're like an MC where you have to claim that you're the best to do it and all of that. And I just was like, oh, I was slightly cringing as he was going on and on. I understand what he was saying, but I just felt like you're you're still too young. And granted, your mother is the legend, one of the legends out here when it comes to groups and just voices in general in R&B and gospel. Coco, I get it. Right. But you still have to come in and allow yourself to get to that point, you know? And even if that's how you truly feel, there's a way to articulate that without having all of that bravado. I don't know that all of that bravado was necessary in my perspective. And so for me, I say all that to say, it's important for me to have humility. It's important for me to remind myself that everybody is not gonna like my art and my artistry. It's important for me to remind myself that, you know what I'm saying, you put your best foot forward, but don't, don't have that spirit of of cockiness or arrogance, right? At the end of the day, let your work and your artistry speak for itself. And I don't care. That is what I plan on continuing the spirit that I plan to continue to have a spirit of humility, right? A spirit of this is bigger than me, right? The purpose that God has given me is so much bigger than me. The assignment that God has for my life is bigger than me, right? This is not This is not about me. This is not about everybody look at Chanel, everybody, you know, no, it, this is me working to live out my purpose in totality in my life, right? Um, and so I'm, you know, my managers that they had their own criteria. They wanted to work with artists who were humble artists who are hard workers. They love my work ethic, right? Artists who are serious about what it is they're trying to do artists who have a vision. And that's another thing that I learned. We'll segue into that second lesson I learned. It is imperative and very important. If you are going to go down this artist journey in the music industry You need to have a vision of who it is you are as an artist, what your message is, what your brand, because we're in a day and age where everything is a brand, what your brand is about, where it is you are trying to go, how you are trying to execute all of this. You have to have that vision. Artists, I need you to remember, regardless of what kind of team you have, or how big of a team you have. You drive the bus, right? Everybody, your team, they technically work for you. You drive the bus. You have to know, you have to be the one to know where it is you're trying to go. You can't expect for your managers and everybody else to fill in those blanks and to fill in those puzzle pieces for you. You have to be the one to come into the situation Letting everyone else know who's a part of your team, where it is you're trying to go, how you're trying to get there, or not to say that you'll have every intricate detail, so to speak, um, but you need to have the major details ironed out with what it is that you're trying to do, where you're trying to go and how you're trying to get there. And then you're like, even if you're like, I don't know how to get there. This is where I need your help and your expertise, but this is the vision and this is what I'm trying to do. This is the goal. This is the big picture focus we all need to have. You have to come into that space with your team, with all of that. You have to come into these conference calls, these boardroom meetings. You have to be very clear on what it is that you want and what you're trying to do. You can't just get into this, game this crazy chaotic music industry and think that your talent is all that's required no you have to have vision you have to have work ethic as i always say your talent will only get you halfway it's not going to get you all the way you have to have work ethic you have to know what it is you're trying to do how you're trying to get there, where you're trying to go or at least enough of those and um you also need to be strong in your instincts You need to be strong in your instincts, right? Um, I had a call the other day, conference call with my managers the other day about something we had to handle. And they called me. I love my managers because they call me about these things to ask me. They'll say, This is our perspective on the situation, but we want to hear from you, right? You're the artist. What is it? What's your perspective? What are you trying to do? What do you want to do? And you have to be able to answer these questions. You have to be able to think on your feet. You have to be able to have a level, cool head to be able to drive the bus because this is your career at the end of the day, right? Yes, your managers, that's their career as far as being managers and anybody else that you have a part of your team. However, you're the face of everything, right? So when it's all good and when it's all not good, you're the face of everything. So you need to be the one to drive the bus. Don't wait for everyone else on your team to drive the bus. As the artist, you should be in that driver's seat. And they should be right behind you, supporting you throughout the whole journey. Um, What I also learned I've already known this, but this was kind of reaffirmed for me, is when you're in these kinds of creative careers, there's not going to be anyone who's going to really stand over your shoulder to see to it that you're writing songs, to see to it that you're vocalizing, working on your craft, to see to it that you're creating constantly. That is initiative that is the get up and go and the gumption that you have to have as an artist right now yes your team your managers in particular can hold you somewhat accountable but they're not going to literally be standing over your shoulder like we need how many songs did you write this week chanel you know like as an artist it should be me sending hey I wrote this song the other day. Let me know what you think about it. I would like for it to be on my album or for the songwriters out there, I'd like to submit this to for another artist or for whatever, you know, it should be where you're the one kind of sending these things, almost beating them to the punch, right? You're constantly creating, you're constantly writing, you're constantly, you know, working on your craft all in all. Um... Because once again, this is the kind of career where nobody is going to, your boss is not going to be standing over your shoulder every day like, hey, Chanel, I need that report and I need it on my desk by 5 p.m. today. You know, it's not that kind of nine to five traditional style job where if you don't submit it, you get a right. You get a verbal warning, you get a write up. It's not that kind of situation. That's a different level of accountability. You have to be able to really hold yourself accountable And also be prepared to hold your team accountable for certain things. You know what I'm saying? You have to be very hands-on. You really shouldn't have, in my perspective, the approach of where you let everybody do everything for you. You have to be hands-on. I was on the phone with my managers today. You know, my single is going to drop very soon. I'm super excited. Thank you for all the love that I received um, when I put it out there on my social media the other day to look out for it. And to follow me at Shea Chanel on my social media. But, you know, I was saying to them, I'm big on the rollout and the marketing plan, right? The creative stuff, the songwriting, the recording, that's all the fun stuff for me. That's the fun stuff. But in my mind, I'm like, listen, the challenging part is going to be the rollout for the marketing, right? What marketing strategies are we going to utilize? How are we going to get my song Out there, how are people going to hear this song and know and learn about Shea Chanel, right? And that leads me to my third lesson. I believe this is the third one at this point, maybe the fourth one. That you have to figure out the marketing strategy, and that could be the most challenging and daunting thing to figure out. What I will say is, I don't believe that it is such an intricate formula that it seems to be rocket science, right? I believe it actually is the simplest formula when all is said and done. It's just something that many people don't consider. I also believe that it's not necessarily a one size fits all approach to marketing either. There are certain strategies that are universal for sure. But I also believe that there are other strategies that really have to be tailor made to the artist. And because we all have a different effect, right? We all have a different zaza zoo about us, if you will, that attracts people. And so once you figure out what your zaza zoo is that really hooks and reels people in to be like, who's so-and-so? Then that Then you're able to pounce on what that is to really incorporate that amongst the traditional strategies into your marketing plan right, into the whole rollout. And so I I always like to reference Kris Jenner. She's known for being the marketing genius, even if it's a bunch of other professionals who really are doing all the work behind her. For whatever reasons, we know Kris Jenner to be the one that runs the whole empire, Kardashian-Jenner empire, right? And so it's like you... I believe that she... I believe that the formula is so simple and she will never reveal what it is. And I understand that. Right. Because I'm not going to reveal what what my formula is. Right. However. It's something so simple that I I believe is often missed because it's that simple and because we most of us assume that it's this whole intricate equation, a mathematical equation that's so difficult and we just kind of tap out and give up but I believe it is really the simplest of things. And and so it's really tapping into what it is about you that attracts people and being able to identify what that is and then be able to build from there. Um, And so it's important to really with your team have a rollout marketing strategy and not waiting until the last minute to figure that out right? Because that marketing strategy shouldn't just come into play when you're about to drop your music. That marketing strategy needs to be in full effect from any moment that you're engaging with your followers, with your support support system, with your fans, however you want to reference them. And so that's very important for you and your team to be able to really zone in on what that is and how you are going to get your art to the world. And, um, so those are some things that I've kind of been learning along the way. And I really truly believe that everything in my life has prepared me for this journey that I'm on from being in the social work world for 13 years to being in luxury retail for two years. Um, to what I learned in my undergraduate college days to what I've learned in just dealing with people in my life in general to what I've learned about the people who are around me those who who had to be weeded out from my friend groups like everything that I've gone through I believe is preparing me for this journey that I am on today right um and I'm Seeing how the skills that I have acquired along the way in just doing life are helping me. And um, it's like, God, you're clever. You, you really are clever because I see, especially when it comes to like what I learned in social work, having to work in high-pressured situations, having to be able to work with a myriad of personalities, having to really be able to meet deadlines you know, like my managers, they appreciate the fact that I do quality work and and the fact that my skill sets are not just isolated to singing and writing songs, but in even other areas, right? Um, and so it's, it's really, I believe you have to be clear on who you are and you gotta have a vision, you do. I would not suggest anybody embark upon a journey in entertainment in general without a vision. You need a vision. If you don't have a vision, it could be very easy for you to be all over the place and to not really get the traction and get the progress that you're looking for. Because if you don't know what what it is you truly want and where you're trying to go, as I often say, you're kind of walking around aimlessly trying to figure it out. Right. And so once you step into that business, I don't care if it's on the music side, the sports side, the acting side. It's all a grimy business. It's a fast paced suck the life out of you. What could you do for me now business? And you got to be clear on who you are and what it is your mission and your vision is. So you don't get swallowed up. So you don't find yourself roaming around aimlessly and not really getting the outcomes that you really, truly want and desire. And yeah, you got to be grounded. You got to be grounded. You got to know what it is you're trying to do. And you really got to know who you are and not just who you are as a person. That's super important, but who you are as an artist, right? And a lot of times one would think if you know who you are as a person, you then should know who you are as an artist. It doesn't seem to always be that simple for many, right? Um, or maybe sometimes we act like we know who we are, but we really don't, which is why we struggle in our artistry as well with really knowing who we are and what our purpose is. And this is why I'm so, so big on knowing your purpose, because that's going to help to be your guiding light throughout all of all of it, you know? Um, and it's funny, I was... I tend to like to watch interviews with Melissa Ford. She is uh, very intelligent and she articulates herself superbly. And she was on Joe Button's podcast. Y'all know I I, I tune into Joe Button's podcast. That's my guy. As crazy as he could be, love him. (laughs) And, um, you know, she was talking about, you know, how the industry, and I might've said this in my content before, you know, being in the entertainment business, it gives you the Peter Pan syndrome, right where you never really want to grow up, you know in that industry and that bubble is all about looking youthful, being youthful it's It's always like this this microcosm of a world almost right where you're not always in touch with reality, and um you know she was talking about because she she's from Canada. When she blew up as a a video model, music video model, she ended up moving to New York and then she lived in New York for several years, moved to Cali and she's considering moving back to New York because she feels that California, it's kind of one of those things where it can make you very complacent, Right. Um, she was like, everybody's so chill in L.A. It's like, we'll do lunch, you know, and um, one of the uh, the interns that works with Joe Button, he was like, yeah, California is like a yes really means maybe and a maybe really means no. Meaning with, with California, what you see is not what you get. It's a lot of facades and fakery and just how people, Well, let's do lunch. And, you know, Melissa was saying a lot of the interactions are very transactional. What you could do for me, it's not really based off of genuine relationship and friendship and, and, um, acquaintanceship. It's really often with agendas, right? And so she said, you know, with New York, New York is grimy, it's gritty, it's about the hustle, it's about the grind nobody's sugarcoating anything. Nobody's acting fake to be your friend. Half the time, people don't even want to lift their heads up to say hi. You know, it's just a different New York and and, and LA are polar opposites. And, um, you know, maybe she feels after the things she's gone through in her life. You know, she had a a car accident that was almost fatal. Her mom passed recently um, due to cancer. And so she's going through a lot in a short span of time. And, you know, she feels like New York may be it may be time for her to move back you know um but she said overall in the business you know if you're not careful like it could really swallow you up and so that's why i say it's super important to know who you are of course as a person as an artist to keep real people around you to stay grounded to to not get that peter pan syndrome to live in reality based in reality it's funny you know, as we all know, Kevin Samuels was someone who was very polarizing. He had a very quick rise in the sense, you know, the pandemic helped his YouTube channel tremendously. He already had that channel probably for a year already. That's a pandemic, everybody's on lockdown, everybody's home, people are bored looking for things to watch on YouTube. He, his, his channel, he had a couple of viral clips You know, and we know how that story goes from here, right? Um, Where there are a lot of men who supported his content because they felt like he was the voice for the voiceless. There were a lot of women, Black women in particular, who hated his content and who felt like he was a toxic masculine uh, entity in the YouTube space, right? And um, I was one of those, once again, I always have an unpopular opinion. I was one of those rare Black women who was able to appreciate his content for what it was. I didn't agree with everything that he said. I didn't agree with how he said certain things that he said. Even if I agreed with what he was saying, I always didn't agree with how he said what he said. But, you know, I do have the ability, and thank God for social work that taught me this, to be able to um, not get caught up in the messenger or the delivery of the messenger, but to get the message. Because, you know, social work is a fast-paced kind of um, industry, you're there to help children and families in most capacities, and um, you don't always have time to get caught up in how someone is saying something to you. Now, this doesn't mean that you don't have your boundaries. This doesn't mean that you don't check a, a bit when you need to, if you get what I'm saying. However, it's having the ability to not get all caught up in all that, but to get the, get the message, because the message is what you need, right? And so I say to people, and it often surprises women, black women in particular, when I say this, that there were things that he did say that were impactful, that were true, right? There were things that he said that I applied even in my own marriage, and it helped me in that space in my life, right? And so um, with him passing Many people had a varying of opinions with that. Some people took delight in that, which I found to be disgusting. We shouldn't take delight in anyone dying. I don't care. Um, this was somebody's father. This was somebody's son, somebody's nephew. Like, I get it, but I'm not about, you know, almost like spitting on the grave of somebody. That's whack, right? And that speaks to your character more than anything. This man had an opinion. You didn't like it. Cool. Cool everybody's content isn't for everyone. Every YouTube channel isn't for everyone. Every Instagram page isn't for everyone, right? Every influencer isn't for everyone, right? You don't have to watch this man's content if it's not for you. And um, as far as I know, he didn't rape anybody, he didn't molest anybody's children, he didn't murder anybody, right? And so I just was like, "Well, that's a bit much, but whatever, I (laughs) digress. But one thing that he said that stood out to me, because I find that we don't always, those of us that said, you know what? He said some impactful things. We don't always articulate what it was that he said that was impactful. So I just wanna take the opportunity to do that. When I say that there were things that helped me in my own relationship when it came to engaging uh, or viewing his content from time to time, it was a reminder for me to manage my expectations as a woman And a reminder for me as a woman to to be grounded in reality. As women, it's very easy for us because we're wired this way to go off of our feelings, to let our feelings be the guiding light in how we maneuver through life, how we maneuver and interact with others, how we just show up in the world, right? Our feelings are often based off of, the environment that we're in, how it makes us feel or not feel. Um, And so our feelings are very real and true for us individually as people. I believe us as women at times misconstrue our feelings for being fact. And what we feel is not always what is factual, right? What we feel is not always based in reality, right? And that's where, you know, men are wired to be more logical beings, to be rational beings, right? They're always going to be based in logic. Us as women, a lot of times we're going to be based off of what we feel. And I think it's a powerful thing to be able to know what you're feeling, to process what you're feeling, identify what you're feeling, to feel what you're feeling. You know, um, I do believe that we also, it's important for us to have logic in the midst of that. Even though we're not always we're not naturally wired to be logical, I do believe we can be logical at points, right? We can we can balance our feels with some logic. Men are wired to be logical, they're not wired to be feelers the way we are. But an evolved man can be aware of what he's feeling even in the midst of his logic. An evolved woman can be balanced with being logical in the midst of what she's feeling and um so because it's easy for us as women to to and you know it's natural for us everything is I feel I feel I feel I was about to do it just now but it's easy for us to base everything off of what we feel and to then feel that what we feel is fact when it's not always fact and to feel that what we feel is based in reality when it's not always based in reality or rooted in reality. And that can, that can affect your relationship. That could affect your marriage, right? Um, at some point, we do have to make the effort to be based in facts. What are the facts of the situation? Not what you feel, Chanel. What is and what are the facts, right? Everything is not off of what I feel because what I feel It's not always based in reality, right? So it's things like that that helped me in my own marriage, so to speak, right? As well as managing expectations, right? Understanding that what I'm expecting, I have to be willing to give. Sometimes us women, us Black women in particular, (laughs) we... We have a whole slew of what we expect our man to come in the door with or for our man to just be. Not realizing that some of the times, half the times, for some of us, most of the times, we are not even bringing what we expect, right? And so once again, being rooted in reality, being self-aware, right? Not always having the need to be right. Being able to sit back and just, Process and listen and hear what it is our man is saying. Being able to provide a safe environment for him to express his feelings. Because remember, most men are logical. They don't always want to tap into the feely, feely stuff. Create a safe space for your man to be able to express what he feels. So there were things that I benefited from in engaging from time to time to Kevin Samuel's content. And... um. I'm always intrigued by what men think and I always like to hear from men about what they think, hence why I tune into the, you know, the Joe Button podcast or I tune into Drink Champs or I'm always attracted to platforms that are male dominated because I'm curious to know and to hear from them, especially black men men of color, to hear from them what it is they truly are thinking. Because a lot of times we as women think that we know it all and we don't. Furthermore, we do not know how men think, right? And sometimes we could lead ourselves and our girlfriends and family members astray, right? Because we are assuming that we understand what they think when we're the farthest thing away from what it is they're really thinking, right? And, um, And so yes, I'm glad that, you know, it's unfortunate that this man passed away, but I'm glad that I, there were a few gems that I did get in listening to his content and watching his content from time to time um, that I was able to apply in my own life. Once again, folks have the ability to chew the meat and spit out the bones, right? Not everything that Kevin Samuel said was applicable for me in my life. Not everything did this man say I agreed with. I didn't agree with everything he said. However, there were those gems where I was like, that's true. That's true. And sometimes we do, I think black women, we do need to hold each other more accountable than what we do. Right. Especially when it comes to relationships, you know, we're venting to one another about an argument we have with our man or our husband or whatever. And it's like, yeah, girl, we're always quick to be on each other's sides. I'm kind of the opposite. I like to hear both sides. I like to if if there's some, if there was a, if there was a different way or a more effective way that my friend could have handled something, I'm going to lovingly say that I'm not going to sit here and just like hear you out and be like, yeah, girl, that's right. Cause that's what you were supposed to do when, when it's like, you know what, there was a different route you could have took to, to handle this situation. I'm going to be honest with you. I believe we need to hold each other more accountable, black women in our friendships, It's not, we're not always right. We don't always handle things the way that we should. Our feelings are not always based in reality. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's okay to be like, friend, I love you. But I don't think you handle that the best of ways. I believe from the outside looking in, from what you're saying to me, this this sounds like this is what he meant. I get you because I'm a woman. I get how we can be and how we interpret things at times. But friend, go home and make that right go home and jump on your husband and make that right. You know what I'm saying? Like we, (laughs) we can hold each other accountable a little more, right? We're not always right in all situations and relationships, you know, just because we're women doesn't mean that we're always right. And that because he's a man, he's always wrong, you know? Um, and for us to really work on our stuff, to be self-aware of our stuff, <laughs> right? And how our upbringing can impact how we see the world. And sometimes we could see the world with skewed lenses based off of how we how we grew up and just being aware of that. And that's all of us. This is regardless of whether you had a great childhood or a not so great one, right? We all all of our parents have made errors in their parenting of us, right? Um and, and so it could be easy for us to repeat certain behaviors that our parents had, right? So for women, it could be easy for you to repeat certain behavioral patterns your mom might have had that might not have been the healthiest, right? Um, and so it, it's important for us to be able to be self-aware, to, to, to see those things and to make the necessary adjustments and changes. you know, Or if we don't see those things, but our spouse or our better half or our significant other does, to not just be so defensive and have that need to be right that we miss the message, right? Sometimes you gotta chew the meat, spit the bones, right? Um, And be willing to hear things out and process them before we refute them. And, um, and so, yeah, you know, just a few things that I've learned. I know I kind of went on a slight detour talking about the whole Kevin Samuels thing, but, um, but yeah, you know, just a few things that I've learned in my whole journey so far as being an artist. And the last thing I'll say before I wrap this up is you start with what you have. There's so many of us who are like, oh, I'm not ready. You know, I don't, um, have the budget for certain things or I don't feel like my songwriting is up to par you start where you are start where you are um, you start with what you have if you have a small budget then you allocate the 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 few funds you do have to what's most important and you figure out the rest right right now I have we have a small budget Thank God, you know, I like fashion and I believe I have a decent eye for it. I know what I like and how to dress myself for the most part. And so I'm my own stylist, right? I'm, I'm no makeup artist, but I know the basics. I'm my own makeup artist right now. i rather allocate funds to more important things like studio time and paying producers and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know what I'm saying? Things that I can't do, right? Um, and so, you know, for me, It's like, okay, Chanel, you, you know, makeup hasn't been your expertise, but watch some YouTube videos and figure it out. That picture that I posted when I, you know, put it out there that I have music coming very soon, I styled myself and I did my own makeup and, um, I did a simple, a simple beat, nothing crazy, a beat that was really just probably can't even call it a beat because I really just used (laughs) concealer, a little bit of foundation, some magnetic lashes I got from Amazon for like 15 bucks. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, keep it simple. Um, and you know, you work with what you have and it's good to be able to know how to do certain things on your own. For me, you know, when I, you know, am on the road and I have shows and I'm doing certain things you know, while the budget is small, I'm 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 gonna need to be able to do my own face, to do my own makeup, right? For certain things. And so it's important to be able to work with what you have, you know, and look at who's around you. Is there anybody that could be a part of your team that believes in what you're doing? They believe in it so much that they're willing to work for free at this point, right? To help you get to that point to where they can then be salary based, right? Or commissioned, you know, um so You know don't let feeling like you don't have all of these things stop you you start where you are and that's the best learning curve of it all stop trying to seek perfection stop trying to fake it till you make it be a relatable artist who starts where they are and who who works and grinds and does what they need to do they understand the vision, they have the vision, they, they, they made their team aware of that, they got the right team around them, they also believe in the vision, they got your well being at heart. You know what I'm saying? Like really, once you have those certain things in place, like go for it, go for it. And don't water down what you got going on to fit the molds of anything. You stay true to your artistry. You stay true to your artistry and you stay humble. You know what I'm saying? And once you understand that it's bigger than you, that helps to put things in perspective. But I'll stop there. Maybe I'll do a part two. Thank y'all so much for rocking out with your girl. I appreciate your listenership and your support more than you will ever know. Remember, you can hear me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. And I'm gonna do better with marketing. Um, You know, I've really been studying a lot of marketing stuff lately. And I have some clips. I'm gonna start posting some clips you know, from my episodes um, to kind of entice y'all to really listen um, and and to check it out. But thank you so much to all my artists out there, my singers, my songwriters. Don't give up. You have something special and amazing that only you can offer the world. Tap into that. And you know what I'm saying? Share your gift and your purpose. We were born for more than just to merely exist, as I like to say. Stay safe out there, y'all. And until next time.